One of the next important things to monitor and realize is your, your cortisol levels, your stress levels. Your body also is processing stress differently. So stress leads to belly fat. Stress leads to that weight right around your midsection. So essentially, if you're not managing your stress, not resting, not recovering well, that's going to, again, just be that much of a harder uphill battle from there. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. We are so excited today because we have one of our favorite guests of all time back on again. Who do we get, Kelsey? We have Beth Westy coming back on our podcast because she was absolutely amazing on our first episode we had with her and we knew we had to bring her back on. You guys loved her. We loved her. It was love at first sight. So she had to come back love on. Love at first and- listen. <laughs> first listen and we know that you know the female body is quite complex and these are some important topics that needed to we needed to dive into them more we really did in that in this episode is going to give you so many more knowledge bombs so that you can really maximize your body and how it functions um dr beth is the author of the female fat solution and has some an incredible wealth of knowledge for you to start maximizing your body as a female because it is very unique and very different so have a listen enjoy this episode we are back again this week with an amazing guest beth westy um, we had yay. beth on yay we Woo. had beth on the podcast one other time but we're so excited to have you back beth Yay! I am so glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me again. Of course. Yeah, we were totally enamored with you the first time, as were our listeners. Definitely people pointing to it as like their favorite episode with so many knowledge bombs. So it would have been crazy not to have you back. So we are so glad that you agreed and are here to give us some more info on um, women's health and how we can maximize our nutrition to our performance and our fat loss. Yeah. Yes. Rachel, of course you came back. Don't you remember last episode? You guys almost moved in together. I know. It's true. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of our favorites. Don't count me out. I know. She's been one of my favorite guests. I will still, I will, I'm not being shy about it. She's been my favorite guest so far (laughs) and I'm happy to have her back. So Beth, can you remind our listeners a little bit about your background and your qualifications when it comes to women's health. Yeah, absolutely. So quick, you know, synopsis of me. I'm from Minnesota, grew up on a small goat farm here, uh, was an athlete growing up. So three sport athlete in high school, got a scholarship to play volleyball in college. So that was like my life. I thought I was going to be a volleyball player forever. Um, I actually got invited to play on a couple of 
uh, professional teams in Europe and then Australia. And I just really, really loved competition, sport, everything. But I had a knee injury, changed career paths a little bit. I always knew I wanted to go to graduate school. I went to chiropractic school because I loved uh, working with my hands after going through massage therapy school in college as well. And I loved it. I loved natural health care, got introduced to that whole world. And while I was in Cairo school, I actually also got certified in acupuncture and Eastern medicine, just because I'm, I don't know, I like, again, I was drawn to it. And I was like, Oh, look, I can get another certification. So I can go to school full time, and then go to school on the weekends too to do acupuncture and Eastern medicine. Yes, please. And at the same time, well, at that time, too, I'd only had one kid in grad school. So <laughs> so obviously you, know, you had extra time. <laughs> right. So much time. So much time. I was in school the whole time. I was working part time. I had a kid. I was pregnant with the other one. And yeah, so by the time I graduated from Cairo school, I had two kids. They were one and three. And I, I got my doctorate in chiropractic and then my certification and everything in acupuncture, Eastern medicine. And then I started diving into more fertility cycle issues, hormone issues for women on the Eastern medicine side there. And then I, I started my uh, clinic. So I, I started my business and that, that same year, a few months later, and a month after I started my clinic, I actually found out I was pregnant again. Ah. So, so I know at this point, my, my mom actually, she said something to me like, you know, you're a doctor now. Don't you think you could figure this out? <laughs> mom, oh my God, what? thank you but yeah okay got it Mm -hmm. so so I have the three kids and my youngest was actually born two months early so she was a preemie I had some complications so she uh I went into labor really early and had her and so within a year span of time I had uh, graduated from school started a brand new business my business was really struggling, to be honest. It was not, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, business-wise, just trying to get it off the ground and having two little ones at home and being pregnant. And then to have a preemie in the NICU for 23 days was really stressful. I had help, like I had a nanny. People ask me that all the time, you know, on the business side of it. How did you, oh my God, how did you do that? Why well, had a nanny? <laughs> like, I mean, my husband is wonderful. He's very supportive, you know, but he also worked. I was not doing well in business. I wasn't bringing in any money, really, you know? So... He was the foot in the bill for everything pretty much. So he, you know, was very supportive. But in terms of being able to do what I wanted to do, I I had childcare help, so which was fantastic. But it was still a lot, still stressful to have all of that go on, to really struggle in my business and really try and make it get off the ground then with a preemie, a two-year-old, a four-year-old and really push from there. And within two years from there, I had grown my clinic a lot. And it was, it was fantastic. But that during that time, it was really, really tough. It was a big struggle. And the main thing that I struggled with was really my own health. And it was the stress from everything that caused my system to sort of go haywire. And I started getting ovarian cysts. And for those of you that have had ovarian cysts, you know how awful it can be, how painful it can be. Um, And every month I would get a cyst that would burst, like just, and it would put me on the floor. That's how painful it would be. I, I, in my clinic, I had a back room that I would go back there and hide behind a table when a cyst would burst. And I just like crouch down and sweat and wait until I could get up again. It was awful. So from there, that's what got me started in women's health and everything. And I said, you know, there's so many other women that, that struggle with this. So because of what I went through and the experience I had of when I went in 
to the ER and tried to get help. They were like, here's your birth control. Here's your Vicodin. See you later. Mm-hmm. Not helpful. Not helpful. No. So, sorry, I'm going to get worked up. I'm going to start sweating over here. Not that you guys can see that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I decided to shift and change everything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to dive into this more. And I really started pulling from my Eastern medicine background, the, the work and other certifications that I had gotten and other studies and work that I had done, continuing education I had done in women's health and fertility issues, cycle issues, hormone issues, but from an Eastern medicine background, that's what I really started diving into and realized that, oh my gosh, how we in the Western world treat the female body is completely different, right? It's like all the research is done on men for everything, for medical things, pharmaceutical things, for health things, nutrition things, exercise things. It's all for the male body. So no wonder why women struggle across the board. And for me, you know, I was an athlete for years. That was my primary thing for, you know, over a decade of my life. And then to be to a point where I was like, I am so exhausted, fatigued and in pain, and I don't know what to do. And I can't keep moving forward. What the heck do I do? So it was, that was the piece of it that really got me to deep dive in, do more research, start applying Eastern medicine um, tactics to my nutrition, to my health that changed everything from there. So I think that that is, I mean, people are wondering why you're my favorite guest of all time. Like, first of all, (laughs) incredibly powerful woman, female, relentless entrepreneur. Then we have a passion for alternative medicine coupled with the passion to help others because of your own struggles and the failures of what you felt like were not helpful Western medicine, just throwing pills at you and saying, so sorry to hear about that. I mean, that's everything that we are passionate about. And so it's really no wonder that you are such a perfect perfect fit for us. It's, it's a really, it's an amazing story. So the last time that we spoke, we introduced our listeners, the idea that there are ways to optimize your nutrition based on where you are in your hormonal cycle. So let's just dive into this for a second and discuss it. First of all, why is this necessary? Why should we be eating a certain way to optimize where we are in our cycle? (laughs) <laughs> because no, get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god go uh, get them yes. so yeah this is the thing so the mindset behind what we do and, and again anytime I do a talk or I start introducing a lot of these concepts to women and I start just talking about hey you know what your body changes every week throughout the month right like when your period starts and the things chemically hormonally everything that's happening in your body is totally different than two weeks later so doesn't it just kind of make sense that the things that you would do lifestyle wise, exercise, rest, nutrition, sometimes supplementation, whatever that may be, would be tailored to that body. Because we live in four different bodies then essentially throughout the month. And then that also changes throughout our lifetime. If you're trying to get pregnant or pregnant or postpartum, there's specific things that your body needs that's different. And I feel like that's the only time women are, are really talked to about their health. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're seen as a women's health. Oh, it's bikini health. That phrase of, you know, it's if, you know, it's your boobs or your reproductive organs. Like, oh, that's the women's health. Well, you know what? I got a lot more attached to me than just that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know? Oh, so, but that's what we're used to hearing about. That's what we're used to being 
you know, told that, oh, if it's a women's health thing, that's it. Oh, so pregnancy, oh, you need to eat to nourish your body for pregnancy. But then no one talks about postpartum, which is almost an even more important phase of your life to recover from, I don't know, growing another human. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the different phases throughout your life when you, you know, go through perimenopause and menopause, your body changes, you get a whole new body again. The different nutrition tactics that you need then too are so important. And we're just not, we're not told this, we're not educated on it. And we're given one model, one map to follow. And it's not the map for our bodies. And that's why we're left frustrated and we feel like we're doing something wrong or we feel shameful or gosh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? And really nothing. You've just been following something for like one body and that's not your body. Yeah. This conversation from our first podcast was actually super empowering to me because the idea that you have four different bodies in a certain period of time and then another one in a different period of your life makes so much sense into like how you're feeling. And I think to normalize that conversation, like not a little bit more, like so much more would be so beneficial to just understanding ourselves and how we can train better, how we can be healthier, happier humans. And the fact that we only talk about the health of our bodies when we're growing another human is absolutely absurd. The health of right? our bodies is the most important thing throughout every aspect of your life. Not just yes. when you're growing another human, <laughs> not, not just when you're even postpartum, every aspect of your life, the health of your body is the most important thing. And that doesn't look the same for everyone. And yes. for, for me, like the first time I heard that, I kind of had to let it marinate for a little bit. And I think a lot of women will. We're given a one size fits all way to eat, exercise, and just like kind of live our lives. And we're not taking into account like, okay, yeah, maybe I could do that last week, but I have a different body this week. Yeah. So, so my back squat doesn't exactly look the same. Sorry, mm -hmm. I have a different body. And something I really wanted you to kind of hit home again was what that different body looks like as far as like, you, know, you talked about blood and what our organs look like and why <laughs> we're not like why we're not stepping on a scale and being like, okay, so last week I weighed this and this week I am two pounds heavier. I have fallen off my goals. I'm not making any progress. Why is that why is that absolutely absurd? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. Oh, okay. We get this idea that our health is like linear. It's one line. And if you're going to lose weight or if you're going to make progress or lift heavier, it's every week, it's progress. And if you're not making that one step up every week, you're doing it wrong. And that's totally ridiculous. Oh, that's actually, it's true for a dude. You've got <laughs> male parts. Great. You got that, those chromosomes, the XY going on in you. Great. That will work for you. But for women, those of us with the XX chromosomes, it's just different. And it's not something you can force your system to be the same all the time. And that's, yeah, it's, I love that that was like a, a thing that just stuck with you. And is, I love the word used empowering because it really, really is. So the first part of your period, like that first week or so when your period starts on day one, this is a point when, again, you're, uterus, like especially right before and during that first day, it's holding all this blood and fluid and everything. So your uterus is like the biggest it gets throughout the month. It's huge. It's twice as big as it is 
two weeks later. So women are like, oh my gosh, I'm bloated or I feel bigger. Yeah, it's twice the size. That's you know? amazing. First of all, right? I, 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 think, I mean, name another organ in your body that gets to twice its current size. Wish my brain. <laughs> I mean, like that's absurd. Yeah. 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 And you just because you can't see it happening, right? But you can feel it and you know, and you're like, oh, God, my pants are like, oh, I can't button them quite right or whatever. Or, but again, you're not doing it wrong. It's just, yeah, you should weigh more. Your blood volume is different. The fluid is different. How your body hydrates is different. And what your system needs at that point is, is completely different. But the interesting thing is that during your period, these, this is the time where both of your hormone levels are actually the lowest. So for women that feel like garbage on their period, that's sometimes a signal that, ooh, something might be a little off hormonally, because this should be your body like resetting and those hormone levels should be at their lowest. So that's when you're actually hormonally most like a dude. So from there. Yeah, right? <laughs> so fun. From there, your estrogen levels start to rise. And so sort of the first end of the first week, but into that second week, right up until day 14, your estrogen is just rising the highest. So shifts and changes in your body. Oftentimes you're going to have a ton of energy. You're going to feel really good, more brain clarity, memory is better. This is actually a time where they've shown if you want to start a new healthy habit, you're more likely to retain that healthy habit by starting it during this time. It's kind of fun, right? You can recover better. There's, uh, I want to say just regular everyday things aren't going to distract you or, or bring you down, you know, mentally, emotionally, that type of a thing. That's what typically happens during the estrogen phase. And your body can rebuild muscle faster. It burns carbs really easily. So this is a phase where if you're looking at building more muscle and you want to lean out, you know, the female body doesn't build muscle every week the same way, right? Like a guy, they're like, oh, look, I gained a pound of muscle this week. Yeah, I'm awesome. Okay, cool. But women's bodies aren't focused on that week to week to week. It's during week two, especially. So if you're looking at gaining more muscle to lean out, you've got to put that weight on then that muscle on during week two. That's the main time you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's going to feel different too. Once you start to pay attention, I don't know if you guys have done this, but start to pay attention to, oh my gosh, where am I at? And holy cow, I can lift heavier or I can do more sets and it feels easier. Wow. So since we talked, actually, <laughs> I found this part extremely helpful and I got an app because I'm terrible at tracking things on my own. So I got an app mm-hmm. that I could track it on my own and started talking to my coach about when I would be lifting and when I would phase off a little bit just because of like what I've learned from talking to you last and what I feel like during Mm -hmm. certain times of the month, like having me, you know, at a peak performance on week three or four is not working for me. Yeah, we need to adjust that because it's not it's not helping me towards my goals. Right. Right. So like that, that wasn't aligned with what my body was telling me and giving me during that time. And then the other thing that I kind of wanted to dive into, because you talked about healthy habits and something that I think a lot of women are right on board with is when they kind of start a new diet. And I hate that phrase because I hate (laughs) we're like the anti-diet culture over here, but the majority, but we have to talk 
you know, with them and to them, the majority of people are looking at calorie restriction. And that's considered like the holy grail of fat loss. And the idea that simple math equation is the key to health and fitness has been pushed on women for years. That it's simple, it's simple calories in versus calories out appropriate for, is that appropriate for women when it comes to fat loss? And second part two, Mm -hmm. should we be eating the same number of calories day in and day out, regardless of the hormonal shifts? Good question. Okay. So the whole like, oh, simple math equation, calories in, calories out, like sounds fine. But if we've learned anything from the whole fat is bad phase, fad of the 80s, 90s, I don't know how old you guys are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were told not to eat the egg yolks. We were told that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I remember in high school, like my sister really got into it. And I I just remember her eating like fat-free dill dip and fat-free cream cheese on a bagel. And she'd be like, I'm eating all this. It's all fat-free. I'm going to lose weight. I'm like, cool. Like you're super skinny, but whatever. (laughs) It was the big fat of don't eat fat because you won't get fat. It was like, yes, wow. Right? Right? That's not how the body works. So. Yeah, like, this is it. This is how this works. Now you're just eating a bunch of sugar, but cool. <laughs> and that was carbs. I mean, we moved right yeah. on to carbs right after yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just, yeah. So the thing when you're looking at that I start with, with all women, is, is really human physiology. And female physiology is different than male physiology. So when we're looking at calories in, calories out, and physiology, that math equation just doesn't apply. Because the way our systems are work and are functioning are not the same way as a male system and the main goal of it. So men can build muscle and burn fat like that. Just that's how their system is, is designed. Women's bodies, because of the function that they're designed to do, they store fat naturally. So when we're looking at the calories in, calories out, like it doesn't matter if your systems are under stress, if you're not getting sleep, all these other things, if you're depleting your body of nutrients, instead of burning calorie, your body's going to store the calorie. So it's really more about what those calories are, right? It's quality, not quantity. Let's go. Oh my God. It's just Play it back. It's, kind of like, it's like when you have been saying these things like to a culture that is like screaming calories in, calories out, and you've been saying, but like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Can we think of a little outside the box here? Cause that doesn't seem to be applicable to everyone. It's just, it's so. I don't know. It just makes me feel like freaking great because I don't have, I did not have the background in women's health to explain why I was saying these things. I just knew it from my own personal experience. Like it's quality guys. It's not quantity. It's quality. And I'm just saying, but I don't have the background that you have to really understand why. And I just find this so like Kelsey said, like empowering. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yes. It's crazy that though this is what we're trained in though. And, and like, oh, it's calories. And I have had people do this where they look at, well, I'm eating really clean and I'm eating these macros and it only ends up being 1700 calories a day. So that technically can be a calorie deficit, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, you're still basing it off of this math equation. You're trying to blend the two, which fine. Okay. Like there, there is a point where, yes, you can't 
just, you know, oh, I'm eating super healthy. Well, you just binged on an entire bag of almonds at 10 o'clock at night. Like that's not, wow, that is, your gut is not going to be happy. Yeah. Your body is not happy with that. That's not health <laughs> no. either. Like we swing no. in the pendulum in so many directions based <laughs> on what's convenient for us in the moment. It's like, well, I ate this whole thing of beet chips and it's like, when you start with, I ate this whole thing off. You're right there. Right there. Let's pause. That's, uh, no matter no, what it is, no, we can pause far. there. Uh, too far. Now, now, to be totally fair, I have totally eaten the whole <laughs> fill in the blank of plenty of things in my life, right? Eating the whole extra large pizza by myself. Eating the whole, <laughs> you know, bag of Hershey Kisses by myself. Yes. Yep. Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, done that too. Like I am not <laughs> immune to any of this. My husband and I, when we were first dating in college, we used to race to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's. You know, <laughs> that's a kind of mar- that's goals, marriage right? goals, <laughs> marriage goals, right? Like, uh... did you get brain freeze? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You got it. Here's the trick: is that you let it sit out long enough so it gets a little melty. It's got to be just melty enough because those, you know, they have big chunks of candy in there. You got to get through the candy and shoot the. You're just gonna get through that candy. I mean, yeah, that's all. You got to drink enough of the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible i know right oh but yeah we've been there yeah so that's you're totally right though the whole thing right but we think oh i'm eating this healthy thing it's beet chips so it's healthy right well it's still too much and it's too much not in terms of again necessarily calorie but too much a specific nutrient fiber right or whatever it is on your gut like if you're eating a bag of raw almonds at once holy crap your gut just can't break it down can't digest it the digestive enzymes the you know the motility of that oh you know what i mean that's hard on your system so there's a lot more going into this than just saying well i'm eating really healthy and i'm getting these macros or i'm staying within this calorie amount okay (laughs) but you have to fit in all these pieces too of oh like again baseline physiology how does the human body how's the female body work and function and that's what we work with so quality not quantity and quality for your system and what it needs how it's going to break down upload absorb and use those nutrients because the calorie the energy fuel from it doesn't necessarily equate right it doesn't transfer over that simple math equation doesn't work. Amazing. No. <laughs> I like that when you factor the human body in, that a math mm-hmm. equation becomes irrelevant because there are yeah. so many processes and and systems happening that it's not a math equation. It's not simple. There's nothing simple about the human body. Right. We shouldn't be on the exact same amount of calories every single day throughout our cycle. That's inappropriate. We know that. Let's talk about some of the basics when it comes to eating with your hormonal cycle and maximizing your health. So first of all, what should we be eating and when should we be eating it? Yes. Okay. So when I talk about nutrition that matches hormone cycle, I'm going to go through and talk about a lot of these different things and also equate it to not only hormonally, what's going to be helpful for 
function and um, and everything for your system, but also for metabolism. So I, I like to think of metabolism as like a dial, right? It's not an on-off switch necessarily. It's a dial. And there's going to be different points of our cycle that the dial is higher naturally and lower naturally. So keeping that in mind, right? <laughs> like I know like, that. Because oh yes. <laughs> yes. on some yes. days I'm like, I don't, it's not that I'm just like aimlessly consuming things. I know there are days that I need to consume more food. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hungry day. <laughs> it's a hungry yeah, day. Like I know. I yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. So days, I'll, I'll simplify it into like the first half and second half of your cycle. So the first half is days one through 14. And that's mainly when estrogen is the higher hormone. Estro- I don't want to say estrogen, but that's uh, the hormone that's going on there. Days one through 14. Beth, I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt you for one second? When, yeah. we, when we were saying day one, are we referring yep. to first day of your period or what yeah. are we referring to? Yes. First day okay. of your period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though that's typically when the hormone levels drop. After that, estrogen will start to slowly rise, you know, through week one there. And then into week two, it's really taken off right up until about day 14. And that's about when you ovulate. So again, uh, for those of you that are like, oh my gosh, I don't think I ovulate on day 14. Okay, that's fine. If you have a longer cycle and you ovulate day 16, 17, then just extend that for you, right? So again, the human body is very dynamic. Adjust some of these things for you personally so that your body function actually fits with it. Um, which is, again, customization is key for maintaining results. So that's one thing you can do to customize for you. Okay, so estrogen is that first 14 days, and then days 15 through 28 would be progesterone phase. So estrogen, with it being you know more energy and, and building muscle and all these other things, it's going to burn carb. Things to focus on here are making sure that you're getting enough protein, one, right? I always talk about getting enough protein, protein pacing, fueling your body, supporting that lean muscle because it's so much harder for women to get that lean muscle. But this is a point during the estrogen phase where you can actually get more carb, right? Your, your body's going to be burning more carbs. So you may notice you if you're going to push yourself harder in a workout, that if you're not replenishing with carb, that's what you're going to crave. That's what you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting shaky or I need to eat more. Or, gosh, I, I had a shake after my workout, but man, I want a bagel too. Yep, have a bagel. <laughs> it's replenishing that glycogen that you lost because your system's going through it that much faster in the estrogen phase there. So that's one of the macros. If you're going to adjust, you can have a little bit higher of carb during that estrogen phase. And therefore, to kind of balance it out, just because you don't need to like stuff yourself full of time. The other macro that ends up being a little bit lower sometimes is the fat content. So I'm just going to throw this out as like a estimate. And this can change a little bit day to day. It doesn't have to be exact. If you have days where you didn't sleep well, or you didn't recover well, you're under more stress, should you fuel differently or give yourself more recovery time? Yes, absolutely. But in general, say you're getting 130 grams of protein a day, right? You can get 130 or 150 grams of carb, and then maybe it would be, you know, 60 grams of fat that day, you know, for estrogen. Then you ovulate, okay, we're going to switch over into progesterone phase. And in progesterone, your basal body temperature is higher here. So your body is not as focused on burning carb, but you can tap into a deeper thermogenic fat burning phase. And supporting your system in doing that. But because it's not burning carb primarily, your body does better on tweaking your macros by, again, keep your proteins, you know, a good number, 130. If you feel like you need a little bit more, great. 
but you don't need quite as much fat, uh, carb there. So you can drop that down to one, you know, 120, 130, you know, or lower, depending on how you're feeling. Um, but the fat content is what goes up 70, 80, 90 grams of fat for the day. And just, you know, again, some of this is, you know, I love how you guys have talked about this already, like listening to your body and really honoring what your system is telling you and, and being able to adjust here and there. But again, so bringing down the carbs a little bit, bringing up the fat for the progesterone phase to help your system fuel better and get into stay in fat burning better, but also have great recovery, enough energy for workouts, everything else, and not restrict yourself either in any of those capacities. Yeah. Well, I think where we really get like ass backwards on this is where we go into a diet with, which is like completely restrictive of any of those things you've talked about. So say you're in the second half of your cycle and you should have a higher fat content in your diet. And now you've just decided to eliminate fats. And then you have all of these cravings and your body's not responding well. Or on the other side of that, say you go into a, a no carb diet, but it's in your first 14 days and you're like, okay, but I'm having all of these cravings or my body is not responding well. It's like we're doing the things exactly opposite of what our body actually needs and is craving. And we're just like dismissing it to to that word of cravings, of being yeah. like this and negative weakness, weakness mm -hmm. craving, like this is my kryptonite or whatever. And yeah. the longer we put off those, what your body is calling for, like this is kind of like how I put it in my mind, what my body is saying, like I need, the longer we put that off, you know, it's like building up in cravings. And then you have that big binge eating episode, right? Like where you're yeah. like, I can't take it anymore. I need a large pizza and all of the carbs that I haven't eaten in the last week and a half. And you're like, wait a minute. If we had stopped and listened to our bodies on a daily basis and worked with our bodies instead of this like revolt against, maybe it wouldn't have led to that, you know, to that fall off the wagon that everyone yeah. refers to when we actually need those nutrients and just thinking about like, okay, I'm craving this. What do I need? What do I, I had this, I actually even looked it up online. I had this the other week. I had to have spinach. <laughs> I know that's not the normal cravings. Everyone's like, okay, Kelsey, I needed to have ice cream. <laughs> Must be horrible to crave spinach all the time. <laughs> what oh an existence. God. No, I know. But like I was having trouble. I was like going through and being like, and you know, during this kind of like isolation period, we're all, we're all being like, Oh, I have to make dinner again. And like, what is it? And I'm like, I'm sick of food. And I'm like, I need to have spinach right now, like massive amounts. It has to have lemon on it. And that's just what I was craving like for that day. But it was super clear to me. Like, that's what I needed. And I was just thinking to myself, like, this is my body is telling me you need more of this thing and give it. But I can't imagine sitting there being like, no, no, we're not going to have any because it's not in my plan. No, that's in my plan. <laughs> Like, what my body needs is in my plan. And I know that like that spinach is easy to put into your plan. But if you're craving other things, that the most important point at that point is to not just like continue to push it off, but to listen to our bodies a little bit more. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, can we like sound bite some of that? Can we sound <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next thing I wanted to go into with you is um, shift so can shifting nutrition 
to fit your cycle actually ease symptoms of PMS. So have you seen this with our clients? I know a lot of people struggle with this one and the symptoms are so varied. Like the scale is, <laughs> some people are going crazy. Some people are having crazy cramps, fatigue, can changing our nutrition during this time help these symptoms? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And cravings, but it was one of them that women get a lot of the time thinking, oh, it's my PMS, it's my hormones, da, 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 when really it's related to some type of nutrient deficiency. That's where a lot of our symptoms really come from, that our system is deficient in something that it needs. So just calling it a nutrient deficiency makes it sound like, oh, that sounds severe. Oh, that sounds like a problem. Well, it is. It is a problem because that's what's causing a lot of these issues. And it doesn't, you know, our systems need to process through some of the hormone, you know, week to week differently because it is different. And if we're not being supported to do that, then that's where you lead up to issues. So sometimes women will have issues with um, their ovulation time. Like you'll have a day when you ovulate and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Oh, what is wrong with me? And then the same thing happens when the period starts. You're like, God, whoa, this is terrible. Oh, like fatigue swelling, joint aches, all these things. You're like, gosh, just, oh, am I getting sick? What's wrong with me? No, it is just that hormone is, it just, you know, it hits you with the truck. It just is hard. Um, and then there's pain, right? Swelling, cramps, bloating, all that stuff. Your digestive system changes. Um, your hydration needs change. So if you're not shifting some of those things, then again, your system is going to respond and say, whoa, 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 warning, there's a problem here. So when you're aligning your nutrition for your hormones and cycle, it flows easier. And uh, I mean, some of, some of my favorite things that I hear from women that I work with are, they're like, oh my God, I got my period. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize it was coming. Like, it that's the best, right? It's on me. Yeah. Whoa, Victory. that's crazy. Yeah. Whoa. I'm like, yep, that should be, that should be it. And there's some women who really struggle. You know, I had a, you know, she's a good friend of mine and she, She'd be in bed for two to three days every single month, like in bed. Her husband would have to bring her food and everything. She'd have towels down. She would go from her bed to the bathroom and back again. And that would be it for days. And I'm like, dude, you're missing two to three weeks. I mean, you're missing like two weeks at least, at least two weeks a year in bed. Is that the vacation that you want? <laughs> Suffering like that? No. no. And so when she started working on her hormone levels and working with this, it's, it's sort of like a phasic progression. And it doesn't all change overnight, of course, but you'll notice, oh my gosh, this month, I, my cramps were way less, or I only had cramps for one day instead of four days. And I, sometimes I wake up with hot sweats and all these things and, oh, I didn't really have that. Or I'll get a migraine for two days before my period. And you know what? I only got a little headache. And then the cycle, your period itself can change. Instead of it being really heavy for three days, it'll be like, oh, it was heavy for maybe one day. Oh, okay. That's not that bad, right? You know, and these are all things we think are normal. And they're not just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I, oh. and I couldn't agree more that I, I think that it is a really unique perspective to sort of put the ball back in our court. And instead of thinking of these things as like these unchangeable, we're the victim to these horrendous periods and all these terrible PMS symptoms, and there's just nothing we can do about it. Giving ourselves 
back the power to say, actually, there are things that are in my control that I can maximize and that that can change what this looks like for me. And like you said, like, is that the two week vacation she wanted? And and just <laughs> telling her that like, it doesn't have to be that way. You are not a victim to these circumstances. There are things that you can do to help mm-hmm. yourself. It's, it's tremendously empowering. Yes. Yeah. I I love that. The empowering piece of it is it's funny. Like that's not something I ever really thought of when I started this type of work. It was just, I was like, well, this isn't right. I want to fix it. <laughs> like the way we're thinking about it isn't right. Like this, it should be like this. And it you're so right. That's, that really shifts, you know, it puts you back in the driver's seat instead of feeling like hopeless and helpless against what's happening in your system. And there's no solution. It's, oh, here are steps you can take to be in control more and and to have the knowledge of what's happening and when and why. Yes, <sighs> ma'am. And I, I mean, the driver's seat is where I like to be. That's where I like, that's where well, I, 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 I like to <laughs> I know. I like to be in the driver's seat. That's very important to me. <laughs> but I love the framework of some of the um, pain and the symptoms we're experiencing being a nutrition difficulty deficiency there because we can like I can just like wrap my head around that when I'm like okay I'm you know really sore from a workout one day and I'm like okay did you not drink water all day yesterday and only have coffee and Mm -hmm. you know I can go back and trace why you know my joints are kind of experiencing more pain and then when we bring it down to symptoms of bad periods or PMS and and think about them more in a framework of a nutrition deficiency and how that is exasperating these symptoms, that's just like a whole new like, whoa, dial it back a minute. That's rad, right? Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's real. that's where it comes back to female human physiology. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, and again, there's, there's so many other like resources and books and other things out there where you can look at how women are, uh, I'm going to go on a rant for a minute of, <laughs> I can just feel it like, uh, you're like, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> we're told we're crazy. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've been on a call with somebody and, and, you know, a gal in tears because she's been to the doctor however many times in the past decade being told by physician after physician that it's it's in her head. And instead of getting, you know, help, she's given a prescription for um, an antipsychotic or something like that and a referral to a psychologist, right? Like, and the thing is, is that, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not cases like that out there, but a lot of times women are dismissed. I mean, women are two thirds more likely to be handed an antidepressant when they're walking into a clinic with a pain condition than actually getting help with their pain. That's sad. That's you know That's what I mean? Wild. Yeah. 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 It's also infuriating. I, yeah. I use the word infuriating. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So not only, yeah. So part of this is, is that it's not, it's not only that we're not being listened to, we're not being trusted with our own bodies and what we're experiencing in the meat suit we're running around in. Other people don't believe us either. And they haven't believed us for hundreds of years, right? So that's the hard thing of, of where women are at and what we're trying to do, you know, moving forward. It's not just as simple as, oh, here you go. Take this, see you later. It's okay, what's really going on with my system and how can I move forward? And it really comes down to educating and informing women more about their bodies, how they work, how they function, and then how you can just shift your lifestyle in alignment with that to make it 
work and function better. So you feel better. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So we know that there are some foods and and ways of eating that are going to balance our hormones, help us to feel better. What about some foods that might work against this? Because like, are there foods that are exacerbating hormonal imbalance and fat loss? Like what should we be avoiding? Oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So now here's a, <laughs> when we get into like food things, a lot of times people will expect to hear like, don't eat this because it's bad. Like don't eat bananas. Bananas are bad. <laughs> and we make out one little thing to be the villain or the hero in food, right? Like, like I think kale is like this. Oh my God, kale. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing kale ever. Kale everything. Right? <laughs> But what if I don't like kale? kale. <laughs> Your arms fell off? Kale. You'll die. Like kale. You're <laughs> but it's, you know, so in terms of things that are like, if you're consuming things that are bad for hormones, I mean, really it's things that are bad for your whole body. Artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, they're bad for your gut health. And they also disrupt how your system flushes hormone out of your body. Like how you poop it out. It disrupts it. If you're looking at foods that are, high in animal fats, or if you're looking at foods uh, that are processed a lot, that's going to be a really big key thing that is really disruptive for your hormones. Yeah. I mean, it's fast food, processed food, shitty food. Don't eat shitty food. Because it's not Those food. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not, you're right. Yeah. It, thank you. It is, it's not food. It's not food. My kids say that all the time. They're like, oh, how come we never go to McDonald's? They're all, because other kids will talk about that stuff. Like, oh, we get, and I'm like, yeah, it's not food. We're not going there. We don't, we don't eat there because they don't serve food. Right. <laughs> and we also don't go eat dirt out of the backyard because that's not food. Yeah. No, but really though, are it like, it's telling you in the description, artificial colors, artificial yeah. flavors, artificial sweeteners. The word yeah. artificial means not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. if this is not real food, what, why is it coming into my body? Yeah, exactly. And, and we're, so again, the whole, like the starting point for all these things, I feel like is completely backwards for a lot of women. So we're led down a pathway or we're told, oh, you have an issue with your hormones. Take this thing, take this supplement, quote unquote, for hormones. Okay. And I'm not saying that that supplement's not helpful, whatever it is, but it's not going to be the end all be all. And it won't even make a dent in helping you unless you're eating healthy, you cut out all that crap. And you're really working with things in your environment to get rid of endocrine disruptors. You know, the cleaners in your house, dryer sheets, get rid of those. Use wool dryer balls, right? Face products, shampoos, soaps, all that stuff that has, those have a ton of endocrine disruptors that mess up your hormones too. So it's sort of like if you're working really hard for your hormones, you're like, gosh, this is a problem or gosh, I really want to get stronger and I want to lose weight and I'm having this problem and I have this problem with my hormones. And most of the time we're looking for, oh, what supplement? Let me Google a supplement for my hormones and I'll start taking that. Don't waste your money on that until you've gone through and done the foundational work to help your body work and function better. And that's the overall, like, stop eating the crap. Stop using bad the stuff in your house. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Kelsey always I'm uses so, the... You, I you always mad at the dryer sheets. I know you do get mad at the dryer sheets. But I don't you, have them anymore, to be to be perfectly honest. But I was... I no, but you always use the phrase, Kelsey, that, you know, when people are looking to supplement, and we always tell this to our girls, if you're looking to supplement before looking at your sleep, hydration, nutrition, and the whole entire picture, you're mowing the grass when the house is on fire. 
Yes. Oh my God. That's perfect. <laughs> you can steal it. We want to shout it from the rooftop. <laughs> Let's put out a fire first before we start. You know what I mean? Like, like, yes, it is. It is a fact that you may at some point need supplementation once the fire in your house is out, but we're not going to turn on the lawnmower before we address those things. And, and food is really the be all end all that we want to address first. And supplementation is so supplementary yes oh my god yes see and that's why with getting women started and I you know so in my book I talk about like a lot of basic things I listed out there just how to get started and it's so funny I got an email from a gal the other week somebody who's she's literally never done a program of mine I you know nothing like that she sent me an email that was so sweet and she goes listen I just wanted to let you know my results from, I found you, you know, last year or something a while ago. And she's like, I started following you. I started, you know, watching a bunch of your videos on YouTube and everything. Da, 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 da. And she goes, I did buy your book. And she goes, I just started doing some of the stuff. And she goes, I lost 20 pounds. I have kept it off for over three months. It's been the easiest thing. And I feel better than I have in 10 years. And I just wanted to let you know, and thank you so much. And I was like, that, that right there, like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that is winning. That's amazing. And so she didn't have any special supplements. There was no, you know, whatever. And your or somebody listening that they're like, oh my gosh, I want that too. Okay, great. If your system needs something different, it might, but there's so much you can do with just the basics of your daily habits and lifestyle that can make a ton of progress for you. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're what we do every single day, so... <laughs> what we're putting in our body every single day, like that. Three times a day. Really, yep, that's <laughs> that's where the work is done, and it's just that's where we we got to put our focus first. So on yeah. that on that same note, and honestly, like I'm so glad to reach out to you because sometimes, like the that's what makes it worth it. Like all of the YouTube videos or all of the the stuff that you put out there, and then you're like, okay, right there, it just like changed her life and makes it so worth it. So on that same note, women are walking around with hormonal imbalances that are affecting their health and they're completely unaware. Can you give us any telltale signs for listeners to look what would be like what would indicate that they have issues with their hormonal system? Mm, ooh, this is a really good question. And the hard thing is, is that it's not necessarily the same for everybody. So for example, with PCOS, you may have PCOS and PCOS issues, and some of your symptoms might be different than somebody else who has PCOS. So like I had cysts that would get big and burst, and somebody else might not have a cyst that burst, but they might have like 20 small cysts. Still not great. I didn't have a lot of facial hair or anything, but I did have extra weight that I carried that I could not get off. So some people might have, oh my gosh, I'm getting more like chin hair and, and, and like a little mustache because PCOS sometimes will have higher testosterone levels. So, yep, that can be a thing too. Um, so it's just, it, it's just different. So when we're looking at symptoms, it's not just, oh, my period is irregular. You know, that's, that's some of it, but it's fatigue. Are you tired in the morning, tired in the afternoon, tired in the evening? Are you you know, cold or hot, you know, do you have a rash or skin irritations or dry patches on your shins? Do you, uh, are you losing your hair on your head? Are you getting more body hair? 
Do you have acne? Is it in certain patterns? Is it on your jawline, chin? Does it creep up into your cheeks? Do you have a decreased libido? Libido. Oh my God. Libido. We do not oh, God talk about forbid libido. We talk about women's libido. Oh God forbid. God. Yeah, I just, I mean, this is like a thing where women are like, yeah, I had a kid and now I, just, I have a lot of dryness and you know, my vagina is dry and I don't have a libido anymore. I'm like, yeah, cause your hormones are off. Yep. That's not, again, it's common. It's not normal though. <sighs> yeah. So, um, you know, breast pains, breast tenderness, mood swings, you know, heavy bleeding, clots with your, with your cycle. And then, you know, hot flashes, things like that. If you have trouble sleeping and then gaining weight and being unable to lose it. And again, these are just some of them I'm rattling right off the top just because they're really common, but you can have other things going on with your system that are, that are really hormone driven. Yeah, I just, I think that we're just now sort of starting to like get maybe the tip of the iceberg of women sort of being, having some of these symptoms and being like, hmm, maybe I should look into my hormones and see if there are any imbalances there. I feel like we're just starting to come around to that, but I feel like there are so, so, so many women that are experiencing the symptoms that you are describing and have never looked in that area at all. You know what it goes to, too? It, 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 a lot of times it's similar to like the, the pain podcast like we talked about to say like, I just have bad skin or I just have bad, you know, these, you know, things oh, that are yeah. kind of showing yeah. up and you just say like, I, cause I was, I was a person who said like, well, I just have bad skin. Like Rachel has really nice skin and I just have bad skin. Like, <laughs> No, I don't have bad skin. I was not treating it appropriately for my body, which was very different. And it shows in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think when we talk about the, some of these ailments and for example, you mentioned PCOS and we know that hypothyroidism and issues with the thyroid is another like really common thing that people are experiencing right now, specifically women. So like, are there like nutritional hacks or specific foods or things that people can be doing nutritionally to ease some of these symptoms? Mm -hmm. Yes. So in general, and this is, this is so funny. I just recently did a video on this. So this is a very general start. What are things, what's something I can do to include every day that is going to help my hormones wherever they're at? It is. So one of the things that's really helpful for estrogens is cruciferous vegetables. So getting those in every day. And what's tough about cruciferous vegetables is that if you're eating them raw, it, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good time. It's, mm. <laughs> it's not a good time for that. <laughs> it's not a good time. It's not a good time. They're really hard on your gut. It's hard to break. I mean, it's like a little mini tree. I mean, imagine going outside to the nearest tree, ripping off a small branch and just trying to eat it like that's right. It's just holy wow, your body is, has a hard time digesting it. So I suggest either, you know, steaming or roasting or something, breaking down the, the cruciferous veggie in a way, or adding it to a smoothie, right? Just pulverize it, break it up. I have a Nutribullet that's super old and I love it. And it just, mm, just breaks down everything. Berries, berries are super, super, super helpful for processing hormones and a ton of antioxidant, things like that. And then there's seed cycling. Seed cycling is so helpful. 
you know, pumpkin and flaxseed days one through 14, and then sesame and sunflower days 15 through 28. That's perfect. And that's perfect. Like, I love actionable tips. I like that. Yes. I can go like right from this podcast and my, my very next meal, I can start incorporating things to help my hormones. That's, yes. I love actionable stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So one aspect we absolutely wanted to discuss with our ladies was around menopause. And I know after our last episode, they wanted to hear more about this. So we know the nutritional needs of someone who is going or of a menopause athlete are going to change. How should this be addressed to like combat extra fat storage and really work with how, you know, a woman's body is changing? Yeah. So this is a really, really good question and really important that women in perimenopause and menopause understand that this new body you're getting really needs different nutritional support. So it is much harder to build and maintain lean muscle. So definitely increasing the protein that you're getting because it takes more protein to do the same job that protein used to do in your body. So for women who are like, gosh, I feel like I'm working out and still eating really healthy, but I'm like squishier. And I've just got this extra tire around my midsection. More protein. So, so key and important. And then after that, one of the next important things to monitor and realize is your your cortisol levels, your stress levels. Your body also is processing stress differently. So stress leads to belly fat. Stress leads to that weight right around your midsection. So essentially, if you're not managing your stress, not resting, not recovering well, that's going to, again, just be that much of a harder uphill battle from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer because your body does have different nutritional needs and we have to meet that. Now, would this apply to someone who is, who has had a hysterectomy or is considering a hysterectomy? Ooh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So with having a hysterectomy, you know, the difference with that and menopause and everything is that uh, a partial hysterectomy is just getting the uterus removed. And another thing too, with women getting a hysterectomy, if it's just the uterus, you know, when they're having your uterus removed, is it just the problem in the uterus or is it hormonal imbalance that's causing the issue in the uterus? So really making sure you're taking care of the issue upstream as well. And with just getting rid of the uterus, if you have ovaries, those should still be producing the same, you know, hormonal balance. But for women, when they have a full and they get their ovaries and uterus removed, then it's really, really tough to have your system produce and maintain the right amount of hormone to help your system with, oh, I'm going to build and mainly muscle and have the right energy and stamina and all that stuff. So absolutely get protein monitoring stress. I love using adaptogens. And sometimes it's helpful too for women to make sure that you're getting in enough uh, nutrition around your workout, really being diligent there. You know, if you're, if you're not fueling with protein and you're not doing the right before and after nutrition, it makes it that much harder for you to get results with working out because it's depleting your system more than anything. Yeah. I mean, I love that answer and just the the kind of like the sideways like myth buster that just happened there because I think when a lot of women start diets and start working out, they are trying to, for elongated periods of time, like go without eating, like post-workout, like 
save your the whole calorie counting is like you want to just like save them up until later and then we don't realize that's leading to like excess storage of fat so the whole system is like working against you because you're not properly fueling so that your body can lose that excess fat so it's like this like terribly backwards like system we've created that's only causing exactly what we're trying not to do oh my gosh yes exactly yeah that whole thing eating less especially when your body goes into menopause, you really need to be supporting and fueling your system. Otherwise, you're, you're exactly you're working against everything you're trying to do. And you're making it so much harder for your system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. man. We'll change it one day, one day yeah. at a time. <laughs> I remember being in that position where like I would work out and then I would just like wait a really long time to just like hold off on the calories I was going to consume because I just did all this work at the gym. I don't want to undo it. And it's why that mindset is so damaging when we start talking about fat loss and body image and, and what we're doing in the gym and feeling for performance and like the health of our bodies over this like aesthetic thing that we're not actually fueling. So it's just like, I can't wait for that to be a thing of the past, but one podcast at a time. Um, yes. <laughs> so, all right, Beth, thank you so much for coming on. Where can our listeners hear more from you? Yeah. So resources and everything that I have for people. Uh, one, I have a, you know, nutrition for your cycles or recipes for your cycles cookbook. That's on my website, which is uh, just www.drbethwesty.com. Otherwise, I am on all the interweb social media things, Facebook, Instagram, Dr. Beth Westy. And then I have a YouTube channel, which is Dr. Beth Westy. And then my podcast is called The Female Health Solution, really talking about a lot of different things with women's health. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I hope that everyone goes to check you out because I've watched some of your videos and I'm like, yes, every time, you know, there's new information. And if you listen to this podcast and you feel like, okay, there was a lot there. Like I not only have to listen to it again, but like let some things like simmer and sink in. And with a lot of your videos and the content you put out, it's in little like spurts. You can kind of get some information about specific thing that you're wanting to address and talk about. And then like put it into practice a little bit and like learn more so that this becomes more ingrained because it is a lot. Like it's a lot to think about and talk about and like learn. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is a lot to go through and be like, oh my gosh, I have to rethink how I set up my whole nutrition lifestyle. And like, yep, you do. But when you do, oh my gosh, you, you start to feel so much better. You're functioning better and it changes everything from there and makes your results that much easier to get to. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, I love that. So guys, don't forget to check out Beth. She is absolutely amazing. We will put some of the links in the show notes. So you're kind of like easy to get to her and Beth, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. It was amazing to have you on again and dropping your knowledge bombs throughout a little over an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me again. This is so, so much fun. I love doing this. I love talking all this information for women. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. Of course. All right, guys, have an amazing week. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.